Welcome to the Being Known Podcast with my friend, Dr. Kurt Thompson. And my friend, Pepper Sweeney. We are here to discover and explore what it means to be truly known. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Pep. Hey, just to get started. Dude, man, I'm digging that shirt of yours. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am digging... I am digging. What am I digging? <laughs> the deepest place. For those of you who are not watching on YouTube, I just uh, held up the book, and I knew I was allowed to do it because you put it on social media this week, and I saw it. I was so fired up. Yeah. Um, uh, I got an advanced copy, and it is awesome. The deepest place, suffering, and the formation of hope by my friend, Dr. Kurt Thompson, MD. <laughs> Author of The Soul of Shame. When's it come out officially? I think I think August twenty seventh. I think, but it's it's a, it's in the last with the last week of August. It's coming. Can people pre order now? People can pre order now, and that would be a lovely thing to do. And you'll you know that means you'll be getting your copy as soon as it's possibly available. And does that also mean they will get a bonus recording of you and I and Amy talking about? A chapter in the book chapter, in advance, right? Chapter yeah. book because if you go to my website, I think you can you can download a copy of a free copy of the first chapter, but then you can get a second chapter, chapter four on glory, if you pre-order the book. That's awesome. Which would be great. I should yeah. have told you I was going to bring that up, give you a little bit of... Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so no, would, it's a, that's a great you surprise. You would no, like, it's, like it's, I'm like, so, wait, what do you have? Yeah. That's my book. It is your book. I that's, And by the way... You know, we were at your house last October, and yeah, yeah, we were looking yeah. at different possibilities for the book cover. Oh, for the book cover, yeah. Right, and right. I'm yeah. so glad that you picked the one that I like so much. <laughs> I, well, I like I'm I'm a good soldier. I you know I listen to wise people around well, me. I don't know I because to people I listened I listen to people of wisdom, and then you know I do yeah. what they. Suggest I do. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we got a lot to cover today. We got to jump in. Yeah. We we are in the midst of season seven here, and we are talking about confessional communities because so many of you have asked us to talk about this, and you want more information on it, and to know the ins and outs, and to know the the reason for it all. And today, we are going to be talking about learning to love doing the work because it mm. is work, and we want to just say that yeah. up front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that really is true. People often ask me the question, you know, when they, when they, when they think about doing psychotherapy in general, or especially at these, with these conventional communities, the first question is like, how long do I have to do this? Right. You know, it, it's like, we're already looking for a way out. Yeah. And I think this is part of the beauty of the gospel. That, that when, I mean, Jesus is unflinching and unapologetic about the reality of the world in which we live and that to follow him means we're going to pick up our cross. To follow him means that the gate and the path are narrow. And to follow him, it is there that we find life, life like we cannot even begin to imagine. And so, yeah, uh, it, it, it is work. But it is work that we, like people will say, you know, the, the very same people who are asking, how long do I have to do this, are, you know, months later saying, why can't church be like this? Saying, like, I can't imagine not being in this group. Mm. And so it is because, it, it's not because it's just only a joy ride. It, it is hard work that continues, but there is joy to be cultivated and curated and beauty and goodness to be experienced. And so um, 
what we want to talk about today is like, what does it mean for us to work in these groups over the course of the time that we have it? And the first thing that we want to say, we, we talk about the phases that confessional communities kind of evolve through. And the first phase, we enter into it. Often, if I agree to do this, I'm thinking most people will think, oh, this is a place that I can go where I can find solutions to the problems in my real life, quote unquote, real life that's outside the group, my marriage, my family, my work, my this, my that, my depression, my anxiety. At some point in the not very, not very far into the future, once people are engaged in this, we learn that, oh, the second phase, I entered the second phase, like it's not just me, it's all of us are doing this work, but we're doing this work together to solve the problems of our lives in the life that is the real life that we have that's outside this community. And after enough time together in which we are vulnerable enough, telling our stories enough, uh, we discover that we let down our guard and now we don't always put our best foot forward and we will start to discover that, oh, John across the room is pissing me off. Or like, I just like Sarah, like she, why can't she just get over, why can't she just get over the fact that her parents are not going to love her? Like quit complaining about it. Like these are the things, like I start to feel impatient. And so, oh, but I would never say that to Sarah until we discover that, oh, actually that is the very thing that we need to begin to say. Like Sarah, when you say like, I'm like, okay, this is what's happening with me. It's the work is what's happening in the room, that this is our real life. And that what we're doing in our real life in this space is then transferable into the rest of my real life. And so these phases, people find, some people enter into these phases pretty quickly over the period of like, some, some people are jumping into the second and third phase like within the very first meeting. And for some people, it takes weeks and months to sure. do this. But this is not unlike life in the church. We do the same thing in church. We do the same thing in other institutions. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not unlike life life. It's not like life anywhere. Right, which is yeah. right, which yeah. is like why it's real. And so we discover that this work that we do then is like, it's like artwork and that our life and the life of the community itself is that art, that beauty that is being revealed. I discover that my depression, my anxiety, my challenging marriage, my, my, my drug addicted son, daughter, all, all these things are not problems primarily, but they are the glory of God waiting to be revealed as John talks about the blind man in John, I mean, as Jesus talks about the blind man in John chapter nine. And so one of the first things that we say that we're doing, we are beginning to do this. One of the first skill sets that we develop is that we practice becoming aware of the power of presence. That most people, most you know, most people don't believe that their presence matters. And by like, I, if I'm going to matter, I got to have an answer to your question. I got to solve your problem. I got to come up. I got to be able to like, you know, prove my worth. And we don't have much opportunity or experience, you know, knowing that like, oh no, actually, you're very uh, just your attuned presence, and your empathy, and your validation, and your vulnerability brings healing into the room. And what you're doing is you are bearing and restoring the image of God as we read about in the second sentence of the Bible, that the Spirit of God hovered and then brought order and purpose. We name things to tame things. I name things internally that are coming up within me in order to tame them, my anxiety, my fear, my grief, my rage, all these things. But I also name things externally. Pepper, when you said that, gosh, 
it just brought back this image of me sitting in my kitchen with my dad yelling at my mom and me just feeling like I got to crawl under the table in order to keep myself protected or, you know, all these things that we talk about. So it's internal and external things that we're naming, but we want to do so with curiosity and not with condemnation. And because if we are practicing being curious, we discover that opens the door to being creative, bringing beauty out of things that feel really challenging about our own story. And we discover then, and, and, and all these things, you know, we're, we're kind of flying through all this stuff here today in this episode. All these things take time, practice. And one of the things that takes time and practice is learning that I want to tell my story I want to name the things within me that I'm experiencing, whether it's about an event that's happened to me or, about, or if it's about the, the, the experience that I'm having right now in the room between me and other people in the room. But I want to be asking questions about other people's stories. I'm, I'm so often, I want to tell you your story. I want to tell you. <laughs> right. I'm going to tell you what I think about your story. I'm, going to, I'm even sometimes going to ask questions that are really not questions when I say like, don't you think that, shouldn't you want to, like, like how many times do we hear that in our kitchen? I mean, we, we, we're like, we're telling our teenage children these things. Like, don't you really want to? Right. Or, you know, like when my mom, when I was a kid, right? I remember I told this story in another episode, probably like when I was about 10 years old playing football. And she says, where, where do you think Jesus wants you to be tonight? Like going to prayer meeting. I'm like, oh, yeah. So. We're telling our story, asking others about theirs, and then we discover these revelations that come from both within me and from without of me. I'm, so if, that, if I'm going to be like revelation is something that I encounter when I have first prepared for it. And so when people come, every time we come to the confessional community, every time, every week that we come, you know, oftentimes people, they just kind of come, they just show up without recognizing that like, oh, no, I have to come ready to do the work. Like, I don't think Tom Brady just like, he just came to practice and just like, oh, right. that's when he begins to think about it. It makes me think of the guy that shows up at the first day of rehearsal and hasn't memorized his lines, hasn't looked at the script, hasn't done the work, you know, that he needed to be, to walk in the room. Right. Yeah. Right. Hasn't imagined, hasn't imagined being in the grocery store, right. filling the bag. Right. None of that stuff. Yeah. Right. We have to come prepared to do the work. And what are some things that we can then prepare to do? What, what I, want, I, can, I can name, what does it mean to, to continue to talk about my story? In the last episode, we talked about the storytelling liturgy where we start the process. But now when we come back, we can talk about events that I've experienced in the last week or that I experienced when I was 17. We can talk about our relational encounters, what it's like. Well, what is my relationship like with my parents, with my wife, with my kids, with my friends? I want to talk about my experience. We talk about our this kind of this acronym that's a short, you know, it's kind of like a Cliff Notes version of my sense, image, feel, think, and behave, those, that SIFT-B acronym. And I want to keep in mind the arc of my life. How is what is happening right now, even in the room, connected to what's happened in the first two decades of my life? My entire life is always going to be in the room. Some parts of that part of my life, some parts I'm going to be more aware of than in others at any given time, but I want to be curious about that and curious about other people's stories as well. I, I just, my entire life is always going to be in the room. Drop the mic. Yeah. I mean. Dude. Yeah. All it, of it. It's true. All it's of it. It's true. Right. 
We we think, oh, that happened when I was that happened when I was ten. That happened when I was, you know, that happened, or that happened la- last week, or whatever. And I think, like, yeah, that history is in the past. Like, no, like it's in your head, which means if you're in the room, it's in the room. Yeah. This is where we've said in other episodes, we've said, like, as far as the brain is concerned, there's no such thing as the past or the future. It's all right here, right now. It's simply a matter of what am I actually going to pay my, you know, turn my attention to. Right. Wow. You know, Kurt, as we look at confessional communities, I want to share with you, our Being Known podcast community, something recently brought to my attention. Did you know that the world is facing a devastating global food crisis? Many factors have caused this, including the war in Ukraine, inflation, fertilizer shortages, the effect of COVID-19, and extreme weather, right? These things have all kind of collided to create this global food crisis. And as food prices climb, hunger and malnutrition in vulnerable children intensifies. And so when we learned about this crisis, we thought, what can we do about it? This is why we sought out a partnership with Compassion International. Phyllis and I have supported Compassion International for years, and we know firsthand the amazing work that they do. One of the unique things about Compassion is that they work with local churches located where the need is most urgent. This is church-driven, child-focused, Christ-centered work. And this is where we all come in. Now, here's what we're asking you to do. A one-time donation of $50. You're not going to believe what Compassion International can do with this $50. They feed a family of five for a full month with that $50 donation. Wow. Now, we get to be a part of this work, right? Compassion International empowers people from their own community to help. This is locally sourced food delivered neighbor to neighbor. And, you know, I love this because when help does arrive, it arrives with a familiar face at the door. And we certainly hope this helps the families and children feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure in addition to feeding them. Hmm. These interventions help families return to normal so children can experience healthy development and thrive in their God-given potential. We really need your help here. So go to Compassion.com forward slash known. That's C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N dot com forward slash known. Make a $50 donation and feed a family of five for a month. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. Please join us. And so... Asking questions is an important part of this. We talk about, you know, there are five interrogatories in the human language that are helpful for the most part. Who, what, where, when, and how. The question why, it's not a bad word, right? It's not like a three-letter, four-letter word. But it often is not really so much a question. Why did my son not come home from Iraq? That's not really a question as much as it's an expression of anguish. Mm-hmm. And so we want to ask those first five questions, who, what, where, when, and how. We want to pay attention to what we are feeling, an emphasis on my emotion. I'm not feeling that. We, we say to folks, anytime somebody says, I feel, and after feel, they, it follows with the word that, I feel that, you know, we're no longer talking about a feeling. It's not an emotion. We're talking about a thought, an assessment. 
an analysis of things. We want to pay attention to emotion. We want to pay attention to where and how we sense it in our bodies. We ask the question a lot, what do you want? This is a question, what do I want? I want to be asking the question of my friends in the room, what do you want? Not only that, what do you want from a particular person? Like, dude, we are we are so nervous. Like we're sitting with, you know, we're sitting in a room with six or seven other people. Right. And I'm and I and I say like, well, I'm 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 worried to say this because I'm I'm worried that people would like will will be upset with me. People. Like I'm worried that people like what people? Like you've got seven people to pick from. Name them. Mm. <laughs> well, I like uh, like I can't like like Remember, we're moving from the imagination to the incarnation. We want to be, in, because the, the, the more able we are to be in the room fully, I'm worried that Pepper is going to think I'm stupid. Hmm. Because, look, the guy's an actor. The guy has all this, like, all this creative energy, and I've got this idea that I, I want to think, and I'm, I'm afraid to tell it, because for Pepper, I'm afraid you're going to think that this is silly. Hmm. I'm, it's not like I think people will think it's silly, because I'm looking over there at Jan and, like, you know, she's not, you know, she, she's not somebody that I were, I feel, uh, you know, no, no, it, there are particular people with whom I'm going to have particular interactions. And the sooner I practice naming that, the sooner I reduce my anxiety and the sooner we can actually get after the real work of discovering that, oh, when I say this and Pepper says like, no, tell me, tell me. And then we have the interaction and I discover, oh, that's not what he's saying. That's a story I'm making up in my head. And if Pepper's just as committed, if you're just as committed to this process, like you might have feelings and so forth, but we discover that I can actually tolerate myself. I can actually like bear, like naming what I want in the room and to discover that like, I don't, I don't have to be worried about that. So we're moving from imagination to incarnation, not just what I'm paying attention, what's happening in the room between me and others, but also between each of us around the room as a whole. I mean, I know that we got to be careful about our time here, but like, dude, I got to tell you something. Yeah. I got to tell you something. This happened this week. We're in a room and one person was talking about their story that was, you know, just fraught with a lot of anguish and, 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 and people were feeling very, very protective of this other person. And they were anxious because they want this person to take steps to kind of set some boundaries and so forth. But this person, like, it, like their situation is, it, like, it, like you, you, humans, man. Like, we, we, like, we just do the worst things yeah. to each other and to our children that are adults. So we're having this conversation, and you could feel the tension in the room. Like, person who's talking, like, they're not the only one who's upset about these things. Like, other people, they're like, you're feeling it. And it's like, people are having a hard time. And then, one other person says, I just have to say, and then turns and then speaks to the, to, the, to the first person who's talking. I have to just say, I'm just being overcome with this felt sense of like darkness. I'm just like, I'm just really heavy. I'm just really feeling, she names this. And dude, and, and, and that person themselves, there, there are elements of their story that's, that, that really resonate with the elements of this other person's story, the, for the first person who's talking. And dude, I will tell you, it's the first time I've it, it, I, that I came close to feeling like I'm watching a mini exorcism take place. Mm. 
You know the story. I mean, this is this is over. This is overdoing it. But like, you know the story when Jesus heals the demoniac in the Gadarenes, and he sends the spirit into the pigs. The pigs go over there, right. so forth and so on. And I turn to the person who said, "I'm just feeling this sense of darkness," and I start to name things with them about their story and about where this is resonating with person number one's story. Hmm. And they said, "Yes, absolutely. This is what the, it's like. We're naming the spirit that's in the room." And the and the strange thing is. Everybody in the room, my, my colleague, my colleague says, I'm looking around the room and I'm noticing that in the last 60 seconds, the room has become strangely at peace. Mm. And everybody goes around the room, yeah, I'm not anxious at all. The person who was first speaking says like, yeah, I feel like I'm, I, I, I feel so much more confident about being able to do what I need to do. That's amazing. And dude, I'm like, this is the spirit of God at work because people are telling their stories more truly. In person number two, we name this, they calm down. It it's like I, I don't I don't have words. Yeah. But I mean, this is what we are doing in in this space. It is amazing to hear what like real examples of what's going on in the room like that and and the temperature, everything changing the way you talk about it and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just really amazing. And, and, and I love this episode so much and I'm concerned that we're not going to have enough time or it's going to be a two hour episode. So I think what we're going to do is I think we, I think we wrap this episode and okay. right here and, yeah, right and then we'll, we'll continue with part two next week. And okay. yeah, so, so. We won't have an artistic offering or an application this week, but we will have it for part two for you next oh, yeah. week. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, we will. Kurt. Yeah. And we're Dude. not going to have Amy come in either for the post show. That will all be uh, that'll all be next week. Oh, man. We should do <laughs> this more imagine? often. <laughs> Amy, we kid. You know we kid. Hey, yeah, um, the time. Kurt, thank you so much for today. Dude, right on. Yep. Love you. Love this Love work. You. All yeah. right. Right on. Yep. 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 Till next time. Till next time. This podcast is produced by Kurt Thompson, Pepper Sweeney, and myself, Amy Chella. Audio production and editing is by Keaton Simons. Video production and editing is by Mark Gould. Speaking of videos, each week we post the video version of every episode to our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube by going to youtube.com or your app and searching Being Known Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on social media at BeingKnownPod. If you like this podcast, tell a friend. Tell all of your friends. And please like, rate, and review. Be well, be known.